0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannam. And in this interview, we're going to be considering authentic employer branding in times of high unemployment. Our guest this time is Keris Hockarty, Vice President of People Services North America at Colliers International. Keris leads Collier's International's North American People Services Group for Canada and the US. She coaches, mentors, and manages a high performing team of over 80 human resources professionals with a focus on strategic business partnerships, talent management, employee experience excellence, employment branding championship, diversity and inclusion, and continuous process improvement. Not much to do there, then, Keris. Keris, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate you having me, and yes, you make me sound very busy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I should also add that Keris was uh, a speaker at a, at a recent Innovate Work online event that we that we put on. So um, during these difficult times, Rob Catalano, the the co-founder of Innovate Work, and I we we decided to put on. Extra amounts of Innovate Work events. And um, we're we're taking that to new places as well. One of of the places that we've had events in the past has been in Vancouver. Keris was due to be uh, a speaker at the in-person meetup back in in March 2020. But, of course, that got cancelled. So, um, instead, we did did a virtual event in in May 2020. Uh, We're recording this interview, by the way, in early June 2020 for for our listeners out there. Um, Keris, let's jump straight into the question, shall we? Sure. Okay. Firstly, not necessarily a very positive question to begin with, but um, I'd love for you to to paint a picture for for our listeners of, of the um of the Canadian jobs market and what it looks like in the moment.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I, and I think it's an important question to to set the context a little bit because it is um it, it is a tough times, very challenging right now, and I think there's there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that you know looking to some of the statistics can help, and I know that the Canadian economy actually lost uh, over 2 million jobs in April this year, which is a record high. Um, And that was on the back of the the closure of most non-essential services, um, obviously uh, to slow the spread of COVID-19. In addition to those those job losses in April, uh, there was a million jobs lost in March. um, And we've also seen over the past couple of months, many more millions having their hours and, and income slashed as well. that the the unemployment rate actually soared to about 13%, um, which in April, which compared to 7.8% in March is is significant. Um, And actually, if you take out of the equation, um, the fact that there's about just over 1 million people who stopped looking for work, that number would have been closer to 18% unemployment. Um, So the the COVID-19, Situation has has had a very severe impact on uh, job job opportunities at this time for sure.
1: A lot of a lot of people are in a position at the moment where they've been furloughed, where uh, where they do still have a job, um, but mm. perhaps it's just not happening at the moment for different reasons. um Again, as we record this, people are coming out of uh, the initial wave and the the initial impact of COVID, and either going back to physical workplaces very soon, or at least going back to uh, doing some sort of uh, part time. Uh, duties but there's also a lot of people out there carriers who've just lost their jobs you mentioned two Mm. million two million uh, as as a staggering number a moment ago um i think the hope in canada and the uk and the us us and elsewhere is that uh the economy will uh bounce back because of these extra measures that have been made Mm.
0: is that is that the
1: reality or are we looking at long long term huge numbers of unemployment
0: it's hard to predict for sure And we find ourselves at the moment in in quite a unique scenario whereby, you know, we're managing both um, the impact of of the economy and COVID-19. As you rightly say, many organizations across the country have, have, um, you know, actioned furloughs, temporary layoffs. Um, There's been uh, permanent job losses, uh, salary cuts, et cetera, et cetera, hours being cut. Um, But at the same time, we're trying to reopen businesses and reopen offices. Um, so it, it's quite a dichotomy, if you like, of, of organizations looking to uh, try and uh, bring people back into the workplace, but at the same time, recognizing that from an economic perspective, we're still not out of the woods and we need to take responsible measures to, to maintain business continuity. So it, it, it's a real challenge right now. And I think your guess is as good as mine in terms of what, what this is going to mean um, you know, in the medium and long term um you know it depends on a number of different factors on is there a second wave of, of the virus um you know are we gonna be able to find uh, vaccines and, uh, and and more um successful cures in the in the short to medium term uh, as well as how the economy responds obviously as we as we start to come out of this so um it's uh, it, it's tough to predict
1: we'll be right back after this message
2: Your business doesn't have a dedicated recruitment or HR professional, but every month you have HR and recruitment needs, what if these professionals were at your fingertips on an as needed, when needed basis? You know, kind of like a tap you can turn off and on. At High Road Human Capital, that's who we are and that's what we do. So if your company has gotten to the point where HR policies are needed or you're completely put off by the high price of staffing firms, or maybe there's hundreds, maybe thousands of unread resumes stacked up in your inbox, Let us take all that pain away and only charge you for the time it takes us. You'll be billed according to our unique activity-based pricing model. You'll know where every penny was spent, no exceptions, no ambiguity. And your return on investment? So strong it's going to jump off the page and smack you. So to find out more, find us at highroadhr.ca or call us at 416-453-7023.
1: In terms of those people who are out of work, are, are there any are there any reasons why perhaps now is not the right time to be to be applying for new jobs? For example, are they just going to get drowned out and be at the bottom of a pile of of hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of other applications? Maybe they should perhaps wait until July, August, September before they they go for a, a job that they really wanted to do.
0: Again, another really good question, and I think um, for many organizations, they've seen uh, the number of job requisitions dramatically decrease. Um, You know, we've gone from having over 300 open positions across North America down to about 50 critical roles uh, at this time. So it's tough from, from that perspective. But that does mean that it could also be a really great time to reach out to the talent acquisition uh, specialists and teams at various organizations to have conversations about um, either some of those critical roles that are still being recruited for, um, or even to also have conversations for, for longer term opportunities as well. And of course, there are still companies that that, that are hiring, um, some even that are thriving in, in this crazy environment. So um, an opportunity to look out for those as well. So. I would actually encourage people to continue having conversations, to continue reaching out, be proactive, um, to, to find ways of differentiating yourselves at this time. On the flip side, of course, if, if you can take the opportunity to, to take a few months off and reskill, upgrade your, um, your knowledge or, or your skills or your competencies, that's, uh, uh, this is another great time to, to be able to focus on self-development and, and learning as well.
1: And the flip side of, of of that conversation is uh the the h r teams out there who perhaps will be receiving uh, applications on mass uh, whether that's right now or or in a month or two down down the line they're gonna be inundated they're they're gonna have more more work on their hands from that side in terms of the the applications than than mm. maybe maybe ever, right okay they've been dealing with a lot of nasty things recently layoffs, et cetera et cetera um but that that's going to be the, a new huge pressure on them. Um, how the heck should they go about handling that? Should they try and do it in-house? If so, what what are the applications they should be looking for? Uh, what what stands out, or does it make more sense to outsource?
0: Yeah, I think um, you know there's, there's definitely the two sides to that coin. Um, certainly, the approach we're taking it, is, it, it this time is to to keep it in-house. Um, we have deployed a number of um, technology tools to be able to help support our ability to. Um, not only receive applications in in a way that's efficient and effective and, and makes sense but also to proactively uh, source and and create opportunities for conversations with with potential candidates and so very much leveraging those at this time um, and I think again it's um, you know one of the things that we've we've been trying to do is to help people to understand how they can how they can form their applications or their conversations with talent acquisition teams at this time to to make them stand out so one of the um talent acquisition advisors on on the team recently published um you know the five top skills that uh that commercial real estate looks for and then how to demonstrate those either on your resume or in an interview so taking the time to really reflect on You know, your resume, um, what you're offering, how you're communicating that and how you can demonstrate some of those key skills will definitely help people stand out. And that's what the talent acquisition team should really be focusing on as they do tool through numbers and numbers of applications.
1: For a very long time, uh, a lot of the interviews that I've done on this show have been around uh, ways to attract top talent and the the war for talents and how you need to differentiate differentiate yourself in a very competitive market when it comes to finding awesome employees. Now it's the flip side. Now it's the reverse. Now we're in a downtime, okay? Right now, does employer branding still matter? And if so, why?
0: Actually, I think it matters more than ever, Um, and there's two key reasons I I say that, um, both from an attraction perspective, um, but also uh, from a retention perspective as well. I think especially in times like these, um, candidates are paying attention to how organizations respond, and the way that you respond and the way that you message and communicate that response, I think, is, is going to differentiate yourself as an employer at this time and will absolutely be an aid to attracting top talent. So I, I know it sounds a little bit contradictory to the times, but at the same time, if, if, if organizations aren't prepared to invest time and resources into their employment brand and speak out authentically about their organization, uh, what, they're, um, what they're committed to, what they stand for, um, how they, how they operate and how they work, talk about their culture, tell stories about individuals that work there. Um, it, it's going to be really difficult for people to, uh, when when things get super busy again, for, for candidates to be able to differentiate you as an organization as a, and as a potential top employer. So I think actually right now is the perfect time to be investing time and energy into employment branding. And I think that, you know, from an attraction perspective, um, you know, we, we've got a real opportunity right now to focus on helping uh, to, to put out solutions. People are, are operating in, in such uncertainty right now that providing solutions rather than selling is a is a really great opportunity. Um look for ways that you can engage with with candidates or, or applicants on a on a different level. Um, you know, offering up solutions about um, you know, showcasing, you know, how, how they can uh, succeed at um Virtual interviews, or you know how they can make their resume stand out from others, is is something that I think is is very welcome at this time. Um, I think as well, organizations, when we do come out of this at the other end, will be exceptionally busy um, helping to support all of their hiring managers who suddenly have the green light to hire again. And so, you know, building really strong pipelines of of talented individuals that are a good fit for your organization. Um, that you can turn to very quickly when that happens is, is really important. And then on the retention side, I think even um, uh, even more so. And, and this, you know, employment branding isn't necessarily just an externally facing uh, tool for talent acquisition, but it can really help to cement um, your employment brand internally as well. Um, and I think that if you are um, if if you have a brand that is genuine and authentic, you have the opportunity right now to to continue to create loyalty uh, affinity, and retain your your current employees um you know if 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 that brand aligns with what your employees want and what they value and you're able to message that both internally and externally um then you have a a much better opportunity to be able to engage your your existing employees in in those conversations around not just you know where they work but also how that that they can be champions for your brand externally as well if people feel um, connected to, to the organization in which they work, uh, they're more likely to, to tell stories about you as an organization and, and help to continue you know, really um, amplifying that message around uh, you as a, a, as a top employer.
1: We are coming towards the end of this interview already, Kerr. you'll be relieved to hear, I'm sure, um, before, we, before we wrap things up, last couple of questions for you. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to get, to get your feelings and your thoughts. As someone who, who manages a lot of HR people, um, what, what, is, what is the impact of COVID-19 and, uh, and uh, how, how that's meant that uh, everybody's having to work? or remotely or at least most people are having to work remotely what was what that what was that taught organizations in terms of what can still be achieved even when we're not able to be in the same place together
0: it's something we've been looking at really closely over uh, over the last little while with with the impact i mean everybody's been forced uh to to, to you know especially for you know those that are, are used to doing office work uh those of us that uh have been you know used to working for many years in an office and, and commuting or transiting into to that building and spending time surrounded by our, our colleagues and collaborating face-to-face, uh, we've been forced to work in a very, very different environment. And I think the way that the majority of people have adapted has been phenomenal. I think, um, you know, even three or four years ago, uh, we wouldn't have had the the technology or the 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 equipment for us to be able to to do it in such a productive way as we're doing today, so I think it's you know it's certainly um advanced the conversation about flexible working and work from home arrangements that um I think most of those in h r recognized was coming but um has certainly accelerated those conversations which which is a real positive thing um i think on the flip side you know we, we we are seeing that you know that that lack of face-to-face connectivity can be a real challenge for people people are working in environments that are not necessarily conducive to um to office work um you know i, I have a, a teenage daughter um who now shares my office space from home, if you like, and that's a challenge. Um, I think you know not being able to um, interact face to face with people is is a real adjustment to make. Uh, we've got people at Colliers who um, you know are living by themselves in, in small apartments, um, which, which again is a, a very different type of challenge. So we're trying to be as flexible and as accommodating of everybody as possible recognizing that we all have something going on that that we need to accommodate for we need to deal with and and leading with empathy is is the first place to do that um but i think you know maintaining as much communication at this point as possible is absolutely critical uh you can't um underestimate communication at this time and uh, increasing the uh, frequency at which you connect with people and trying to as much as possible do that via video um, is, is so important to, to be able to maintain the right conversations with the right people at the right times um, and to include people where they might be feeling a little bit isolated or um, disconnected from from the workplace. So I think there's a, there's a lot that we've learned from this. I think We've learned that we can do it. I mean, I think, you know, there there were many naysayers out there that said that that work from home couldn't work uh, on a mass scale. And and look at us, here we are. And by and large, um, you know, we're we're making it work. And so I think, you know, the the next level of conversations um, for most organizations will be, you know, how do we create flexibility from a workplace perspective moving forward? Um, Now, I have the benefit of working for a commercial real estate firm. And so that's a hot topic for us. Um, as we help our clients work through some of those big questions as well, so it's a very, very interesting time to be in HR and uh, to be working with with organisations to to figure out what the future of of workspace looks like.
1: I'm just envisaging your teenage daughter looking at you right now, being outraged, Mum. <laughs> I can't believe that you mentioned that on on this on this uh, Pretty podcast. Pretty
0: much. <laughs> And <laughs> i have um, to say that, that that grade nine math is not my strength but apparently it now it, it has to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm sure you're doing a sterling job um keris uh just before we complete this today how can our how can our listeners uh, learn more about colliers international and how can they connect with you
0: for sure. Absolutely. I think probably the best place is to, to seek me out on, on LinkedIn. Um, so Keris Hogardy on LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm pretty active. so So hopefully I should show up. Um, if anybody wanted to reach out, my email address is keris.hogardy at colliers.com. Uh, I'm more than happy to to help and, and connect with anybody that, uh, that that wants to reach out. Wonderful.
1: Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Keris, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. And thank you so, so much again for, for being a speaker of that recent Innovate work. Thank you for your event.
0: Appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much, Bill.
1: And listeners, until next time, stay safe. <laughs>